I was given a presentation a few days ago about the legacy of Martin Luther King and Stevie Wonder actually used his voice, Happy Birthday, to bring about the recognition of Martin Luther King's birthday as a national holiday. So once again, when you talk about the arts, it goes right there in alignment with that healing piece as an outlet, song, dance, music, fashion, photography, film, media. We've been able to take our struggles and our deepest pains, even with the Negro National Anthem that was authored by James Weldon Johnson and his brother. There's countless examples, and I'm just naming a few, of once again how we were able to transform that pain and that challenge and that difficulty into something that could be able to soothe our soul and push us to give us hope to live for a better tomorrow. Hello and welcome to Live with Chris, an interview podcast where we can learn and grow together. It is brought to you by Howard Community College, and I am Chris Oviedo, and I really want to thank you for joining me today. This show today, it's a little special, and I know here in Baltimore, this Monday morning, we're coming to you the day after the Ravens lost against... <laughs> the Kansas team and you know I know there's a little bit of pain in our community today and I think it's actually quite appropriate for the conversation we're going to have today it's you know towards the end of January and after a painful loss like that right and after the pain how do you come back from that how do you come back from that how do you come together as a community as a team and rebuild since 1976 every February we celebrate Black History Month And Black History Month is a time to remember, is a time to observe, is a time to recognize, is a time to also celebrate the richness of African American culture. And I talked about healing, and that's because the guest that I have with me today in studio, it's somebody who really has studied this in depth. The theme for this year, for this month, uh, is African Americans and the arts. And to honor and celebrate Black History Month, I have invited HCC's Assistant Director of Silas Craft Collegiate Program, Marcus Sankofa Nix. He is an educator with over 12 years of experience in the Howard County Public School System. He's a healer activist, which we're going to talk about that. And that's why, you know, that's why I brought the Ravens into our conversation today. <laughs> He is a historian of African American history and culture. Marcus holds a master's degree in African American studies. He's a husband. He's a father. He is a son. And his mission is to uplift, to empower to educate and to inspire others through the lens of African-American history and culture. Marcus, it's really a pleasure to sit here with you, to welcome you into the physical studio here at HEC. I really want to thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here and I am definitely excited for the conversation. Absolutely, me too. And again, you know, I said at the beginning that there's pain right now here in Baltimore, right? And and it's, it's all because we had this hope for a Super Bowl. We wanted to be champions. We wanted to get all the way to the winning line and it didn't happen. And I think it just goes perfectly with the sentiment of our black history, right? There's yes. that need for healing. There's, yep. We want to reach that championship. We want to reach that end of racism. We want to reach goals that we have for a community of unity, of right. equity, right. Right? Right. right? And we're not there yet. 
talk to us a little bit about this, you know, and I know kind of jumping on the questions, but talk to us a little bit about that sense of history, that connection of history and healing and how we can bring the two together to get to that championship line, right? To get to where we want to go and have that winning society of equity and everybody working together as one. Sure, sure, sure. And I thank you for that question and appreciate the connection to yesterday evening's game with the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. With your question, I think about James Baldwin, who said, history is not the past, it's the present. Mm. We carry our history with us. Before I say anything further, I just wanted to expound on the impact and the significance and the importance and relevance of history. History is huge. Every single human being on this planet is affected by history, depending on how we frame it, depending on how we look at it. History affects our belief system, the laws that we abide by. It affects perhaps the names of neighborhoods that we grew up in, the names of streets, the names of schools, but also history going a little bit deeper affects our mental health, our well-being. And so as we see here today, history is a hot button topic and it's a hot button issue mm -hmm. in terms of school systems and different places and different spaces all throughout the country, really grappling with the hard questions of what has happened in this country historically, especially as it pertains to the plight of African-Americans, indigenous populations, and so on and so forth. And so it could be very polarizing. It could be a contentious topic. But with much of the work that I like to do is to be able to use history as a vehicle to foster healing, community empowerment, to bring people together, to foster that human to human connection. And much of how we learn as children on up to adulthood is in the form of stories, stories that have been passed down from generation to generation. But if a group of people, African-Americans, uh, which is what my research primarily rests on, have been told that you're inferior, you're less than human, you're in fact, you're three fifths of a human being. You're not as good as other groups of people. And that's reinforced through segregation and it's reinforced through lack of voting opportunities and different things. And that will have a heavy impact on future generations to come. Mm -hmm. And so we all have lessons to gain from that. So when it comes to, to the healing piece, healing can first just start with acknowledging mm -hmm. what has happened in the past. And so definitely want to highlight Dr. Carter G. Woodson, who's the father of black history. And so we wouldn't even be celebrating Black History Month as we know it if it wasn't for who he was as the father of black history, pioneering and championing the importance of recognizing black accomplishments and achievements. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how important it is to heal, right? Yes. And, and to, but yes. first acknowledge and sit with the pain and yes. understand the pain and like really review it and like like really mingle with and be uncomfortable with it right because right. we have to do that we have to go through that process of sitting with it and being uncomfortable with sure, it sure. so that we can grow from it absolutely absolutely and oftentimes when we look at our past our personal history our family history whatever or even if it's on to societal community level based history when there's some difficult things, when there's some ugly things, it's easy to ignore. Mm -hmm. It's easy to not acknowledge and, and it's easy to, to disregard, which is a defense mechanism to not have to engage with what many scholars and what many historians refer to as hard history. So once again, there's a lot of healing that comes with acknowledging. They say mm -hmm. the truth shall set you free. And so when we talk about history, I mean, this is not just a theoretical academic 
situation where we're delving into the impact of history. Even the research shows that African Americans who deal with day-to-day -day discrimination and hostility and violence later on in their life, it impacts them cognitively, their ability to remember their memory. Even the data shows that African Americans who have dealt with hate crimes and who have been victims of unjust actions, it's affected them on the physiological level in terms of diseases and body ailments, hypertension, stroke, high blood pressure, mm. uh, cancer, so on and so forth. So the experiences that individuals deal with, there's weathering and there's a wear and tear on the mind, body, spirit that comes from that. So when we talk about racial battle fatigue and when we talk about life expectancy rates, you know, there's a book that comes to mind called The Body Keeps the Score. The history that we deal with, it shows up physiologically yeah. in us, yeah. you know, it's stored in our body. And so much of the work that I try to do is to be able to take a body centric approach and look at history, but see how history affects us in every aspect of our life. Yeah. History is, is tied to economics. History is tied to our psychology, sociology, our emotions, our physiological well-being, and even where we grew up and the places that we inhabit. So history is really, really huge. But the good news is I believe that we could use history as a vehicle to uplift, mm -hmm. you know, and there's a quote that comes to my mind in terms of, you know, let's use history as a vehicle not to polarize or romanticize, but to humanize. Mm. And so through history, through the lens of African-Americans, I believe that everybody human beings and all can be empowered and can be able to heal in some way on some level. Mm, and I love that, that humanized, right? Because I find that in our human experience in in looking at each other as human beings is how we can really truly come together. So I absolutely love that. And I want to go back to, to your name. I want to go back to your name because I think sure. everything, you know, you're talking about history, history, and I know that you intentionally use Sankofa as part of your name. For those who may be listening and watching and maybe they don't understand what Sankofa means, I would love for you to explain what that means and that reason why you're intentionally making that part of your name. Sure, sure. So Sankofa is a term and a concept very dear and close to my heart. It's part of who I am. Um, wasn't born with the name for my parents, but Sankofa basically means go back and get it. Go reclaim. And so it's tied and connected to the tree language, which is language spoken in Ghana, a country on the continent of Africa, Western Africa. That encapsulates much of the work that I do in the community as a historian, as one who's very passionate about the well-being of our community, community care, and connecting with each other. And so I believe that in order to move forward into the future, And in order to understand where we're going, it's important to understand how we got here. In fact, if we have a distorted view and a distorted conception of past events and occurrences, it's going to distort our understanding of the present. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that it's important to go back and reclaim. And I would say for much of the experiences of African-Americans in the United States, and not just starting and ending with them, but for all of us, there's a lot to be learned in terms of the experiences. I mean, how we view the past. I remember as a child, when I was learning black history, oftentimes it was from a very gloom and doom deficit-based perspective. Mm. I was taught about the victimization. I was taught about enslavement. I was taught about the dehumanization. I was taught about all of that. And that's important to speak to because we don't want to ignore those experiences and they're very relevant and very real. Even in my own personal family, enslavement and, and certain things were there. 
However, I think it's also important to balance the perspectives as well, because there's also resilience. Mm -hmm. There's also agency. There's also self-determination and there's also resourcefulness. And that story is also very relevant here in Howard County where I grew up. And so being a part of the Silas Craft Collegians program, honoring the legacy of Dr. Silas Edwin Craft, who was a principal of segregated color schools here, an activist, a trailblazer, that work still continues on to this day. And so I personally acknowledge the shoulders of giants who I stand on today. And so Sankofa is that vehicle to help us connect with the past mm-hmm. as we move forward to the future. Yeah. So I'm honored to hold that name, names from a cultural standpoint, whether it's indigenous populations or African populations, they're very important. Names represent who you are. So I don't take it lightly. And it's very much indicative to the plight of my life and my journey. It informs much of the work that I do. <laughs> and it always makes people ask the question, what does it mean? Right. So right. it's all good. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to make sure that we brought that up because I think it's important. Like you said, the names, you know, tell a story about who we are. I want to go back to something you just said. You talked about, you know, victimization and, and the way in which history has been presented, right? But as we're using history as that model, right, to not repeat it, how do we ensure that we're going really forward to justice, that we're not going from victim to oppressor? Because I think that's something that's very prevalent and that we hear around the entire world where, you know, especially when a war comes up, right, in, in different parts of the world and we're going into black history and we want to honor it and we want to understand it. We really want to bring up the beauty of the African-American culture and make sure that it is uplifted and rightfully looked at and celebrated in all of its beauty. But we don't want to get to where we've seen in other cultures and other levels where that victim becomes suddenly the oppressor. And then we are torn. We are torn because now who do you root for? How do you reconcile that? That's a great question. And so you're taking me to Wild Lake High School where I taught for five years before transitioning to Howard Community College. And I remember working closely with the African-American Studies program. And in that seminar, a lot of students were very hesitant to take that course because they were a little bit nervous about, ooh, if I sign up and take this course, are we gonna just talk about slavery? Are we just gonna talk about brutality and dehumanization? And what was interesting was their point of reference, these students taking this class were on the fence about taking it because they thought that it was gonna automatically begin and start and end with trauma, with brutality, chains, and so, I believe it's important when we talk about humanizing the story of those of African descent, African-Americans, black folk, black history, looking at ourselves as human beings. We may have perhaps our struggles, our challenges, you know, perhaps some flaws we may see about ourselves, but human beings are incredibly complex and complicated. I would caution us to have that one dimensional approach in terms of looking at the, the plight of the black experience in just a myopic, narrow scope. And so even when you look at case studies like Harriet Tubman or or Frederick Douglass, you see, yes, they perhaps were enslaved. And these are native Marylanders. You know, Maryland, you know, had the institution of enslavement just like many other of the colonies. You know, they didn't have many rights and they didn't have many opportunities. They risked their life to be able to educate. But when we add more complexity to their story, 
We also can see that Harriet Tubman took 13 trips and didn't get caught. We see that she was hit in the head as a young child, but she didn't let that stop her from being a leader. We see that she was resourceful and that she was courageous and bold and was only five feet tall. Yet she did not stop at the face of danger, even though danger was lurking at every leaning side. When we talk about Frederick Douglass, how he ends up becoming an individual that travels the world. He is a speaker, he's an orator, he is an educator, he's involved in politics, and he becomes an advisor to those in high esteem in the politics, and he becomes one who goes back and impacts his community. Once again, I believe it's important to balance the perspectives so we can have a more clear scope of the range of the human beings that we're studying. And I think oftentimes when we talk about the upside or, or, or the accomplishments, some may try to say that you're diminishing mm -hmm. the downside. Oh, so because they were able to triumph over enslavement, does that mean that enslavement or sharecropping, whatever the case may be, wasn't that bad? And then on the contrary, some might say, oh, well, if you talk about the negative, you know, you're pretty much. So I think there's room for the struggle right. and the tension and also the triumph and the overcoming. I think we can balance that out. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is when we polarize one way or the other, that's when we run into trouble. But if we really give ourselves the opportunity to be curious about what more is there in that person and we humanize that person, that's when we can come together and find that balance that you just talked about, which I think is beautiful. Absolutely. Now, this year's theme is African-Americans and the arts. And I would love to hear from you what are some of the biggest contributions in the arts, some of the biggest contributors, biggest names as we look at black history, as we are preparing to go into February and, and you know, celebrate and really dive into Black History Month. Some of the biggest moments maybe in the arts that you would like people to remember as we are entering this month of celebration and remembrance. Right, right. Art has been a huge gateway in terms of helping African-Americans establish their voice. Mm because for quite a long time, it's been a situation and many African-Americans have found themselves in historically where they were not able to express themselves. Even dating back to 1740, anti-literacy laws, not being able to read or write or be able to express yourself in the way that other groups could. But art has come as a way of outlet of expression. Whether we're talking about the Harlem Renaissance movement in the 1920s and the 1930s where post-emancipation and, and reconstruction during Jim Crow, African-Americans, you know, migrated to Harlem and it was the flourishing of entertainment and the arts in terms of music forms of jazz and dance and you know sculpturing and photography and fashion and all of that or we could talk about the negritude movement which actually was something that came about overlapping Harlem Renaissance but it was inspired from what happened in Harlem Renaissance globally throughout the islands and the continent of Africa or the black arts movement you know where you talk about reframing the narrative, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, and you know, the black power fist and the, the natural with the hair becoming something that was iconic and starting to, to wear more culturally oriented clothing to really connect further with that pride and that sense of self. And then we could even talk about hip hop. Now, it's interesting. Here we are on campus, you know, the semester has just began, and I'm really excited to reconnect with many of the students that I teach. And so, 
most of my students are in some way are connected to the art form of hip hop. Some of the samples and the beats and instrumentals actually come from an Aretha Franklin song mm. or a Michael Jackson song or a Stevie Wonder song. In fact, I was given a presentation a few days ago about the legacy of Martin Luther King and Stevie Wonder actually used his voice, Happy Birthday, to bring about the recognition of Martin Luther King's birthday as a national holiday. So once again, when you talk about the arts, it goes right there in alignment with that healing piece as an outlet, song, dance, music, fashion, photography, film, media. We've been able to take our struggles and our deepest pains, even with the Negro National Anthem that was authored by James Weldon Johnson and his brother. There's countless examples, and I'm just naming a few, of once again how we were able to transform that pain and that challenge and that difficulty into something that could be able to soothe our soul and push us to give us hope to live for a better tomorrow. And to keep also remembering, right? Re mm -hmm. Because as we said before, we can't ignore, we can't romanticize this and we also cannot ignore it. We cannot diminish it. It's important to really understand it, fully comprehend it, embrace it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Take it for what it is. Absolutely. And create a new reality. Absolutely. And art can help us do that. Absolutely. In so many ways. Absolutely. So, I love how you just brew it all together, right? And you brought it back to our students. And that's where I want us to go. I want sure. us to go into HCC. Sure. I want us to talk about the ways in which you are seeing that HCC is celebrating and it's honoring Black History Month and, you know, maybe invite our community also to participate sure. in it. Sure, sure. Well, you know, when we talk about Black history, history happens every day. So when we talk about even living history, Dr. Daria Willis Yes. our very own president here of Howard Community College, you know, her being the first African-American woman president to be on this campus. That is history in and of itself. So once again, history is always happening. It's always taking place. It's always around us. I mentioned also, you know, Silas Craft, collegians whose program, you know, we are honoring the legacy of. Does not get any more black history than that in terms of what he stood for and what he represented? But even furthermore, I would encourage those tuning and listening to check out the activities of our BSU, our Black Student Union. I know that there's a, a wonderful set of events that are scheduled to take place and, and there's different things taking place to try to bring that about for the campus. I know also yours truly will be speaking February 22nd at 1230 as part of the Food for Thought lecture series. And I'll be speaking to the topic that we're talking about today about how we can take this black history and really humanize it so all people can come together. And so just stay tuned on the website with what's going on. That's what I know specifically right now, but I'm sure that you could go to our Silas Craft Collegians Instagram page. There'll be stuff there. And I know there will be also events happening and taking place on campus as well too. So stay tuned. HowardCC.edu is a website where you can go and find all the information and stay yep. in touch with Howard Community College. But I really love what you just said. History is happening all the time. Yes. We're living it and yes. we're seeing it. We have to just be looking out for it, right? But more so than that, you talked about a program that is not something that only exists for this one month of history and then it's gone. You're talking about the legacy that Dr. Willis is creating right now as that first black president woman here at Howard Community College. You talked about Silas Graff, which is inspired in the life of somebody who did a wonderful job here in Howard County, made a difference, mm -hmm. brought that hope. So it's taking it and living with it. Absolutely. It's not about creating this one event which I, you know, there's nothing wrong. I, sure. I love to come to a good event with sure. good music sure. and good food sure. and share sure. and interact, but to really take it and make it a way of living. Help us, you know, kind of like navigate that, right? How do we make sure that this is not a one month and then 
oh, we did it. We made our one event. We celebrated. We sure. remembered. We sat with it. And we can put it in the back burner until next February. How do we make this a way of living? Well, I'm glad that you said that. And I have to say this to put a plug in for Dr. Carter G. Woodson, the founder of Black History himself, who really devoted an institution called the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, which would eventually become Association for the Study of African American Life and History, founded in 1915. First Institute of Negro History Week, which would become a full-fledged month, February and all. But yes, it's not just a month. And he knew and his supporters knew that it was important to recognize the accomplishments and achievements mm -hmm. throughout the course of the year, even yeah. though February ended up being recognized as Black History Month. Just highlight but, it, but, right? Right. But I would say go to black institutions such as museums, such as cultural centers various educational institutions support the cause of those who are doing the work to continue to preserve and keep that historical memory alive and i would say a accurate historical memory now as a historian i recognize that when we look into the past there are chances we might not always get it right because we are taking our present day perspective and going into history and trying to uncover that which has been left for us to observe. However, there's a big movement that's happening across the country now as a preservation movement, which is really aimed at looking at historic sites, whether it's churches, black cemeteries, whether it's the home of influential black pioneers and trailblazers. In fact, for our Silas Craft Collegians program here on campus, for our third year students, we have a project where we have students go to Harriet Tubman Junior Senior High School where Silas Craft was the principal of and that for those who don't know was a historic segregated school that took black students in Howard County up to the 12th grade and it was from 1949 to 1965 the way in which the African-American story is told. You know, the Aretha Franklins of the world and the Nina Simones and the Bob Marleys. I think there's a lot to be gained with listening to the music and, and all of that. So I would definitely say, yeah, it's definitely beyond just February. But yet February could also be a good uh, entry point to learning and exploring a lot more as well too. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with having this one month where we concentrate and really emphasize and we're all I guess my point here is let's make sure that it does not only stay in that one yeah, month, right? Absolutely. That we're intentional absolutely. about it every day, 365 days. And absolutely. we have this month to celebrate. I want to take it farther, sure. you know, because it, we just talked about it. It still seems distant. And I love that you pulled that book and you said here in Howard County. Yes. Right. Yes. Because I think it's important. You know, you talked about listen to the music, connect with the museums, connect with your neighbors. Yes. Connect with your neighbors. One of the most beautiful projects that I've had the opportunity to work with was with the Council of Elders here in Howard. Mm -hmm. And to listen to their stories yes. and to know that these are people who live here. These are my neighbors. These are the people who live two streets down from me. And what they had to face, yes. right? When yes. they were working at the Social Security Office in Baltimore, how their reality, how their story is. That was, to me, an eye-opening moment of 
this is not history from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. This Absolutely. is not distant. Absolutely. This is not over there and I'm over here in my, re no, 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 no. This is my neighbor, my community, the person that I'm walking with, the person that I'm trying to build this community with. Their story is really important, is really interesting. And if I sit down and I listen to it, I'm going to learn something and I'm going to be able to make sure that whatever it is that I am trying to accomplish for my community at the same time honors and supports the story and the community of the person who maybe doesn't look like me, Absolutely. right? But there's that shared humanity again, the Shared humanity, right? yes, yes, I agree. And that's something that we really try to share with our students, especially. Mm -hmm. All of these opportunities and all of these resources that Howard Community College has to offer, all of the resources and things that Howard County has to offer, and Howard County prides itself on being a county that's progressive and that has a lot of wonderful access to resources, and I agree with that wholeheartedly, but it's also important to understand the sacrifices that those who came before us made so we can have the quality of life that we have. Much of the stories and the education we can get can come from out of the mind of those that have experienced it in ways that textbooks and literature can't. And what I have here is actually something that was gifted to me. It was given to me from an elder who I actually sat on the couch and interviewed. And this is a grade sheet from 1912 in Howard County when Howard County's education was segregated. Mm. And on this sheet, you have the names of these black children who attend this one room, segregated, overcrowded, wow. color school. And so we're talking about wow. students walking miles and miles and miles, wow. oftentimes barefoot, no buses, potbelly stove, going to the well to get the water, roofs leaking. We're talking about inequities that had happened right here in Howard County. In Howard County, you know, there were restaurants that perhaps denied African-American service. And I know talking to some elders, they told me they had to go to Baltimore, other places to go to the movies and mm -hmm, the shop and whatnot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so once again, this doesn't, I don't believe, make necessarily Howard County a bad place, but it helps us have a more complicated, fuller picture of the county. And so I believe from Howard County on to the country, I think that we can be honest and open about our history. That can be a conduit to help us heal. This is 2024. This is marking the 60 year anniversary of the signing of the Civil Rights Act. And so I just have to just once again, give big ups to Dr. Silas Kraft and his wife, Dorothy Kraft, because here in Howard County, when it came to African-Americans having access to employment opportunities and equitable educational opportunities and being able to be treated equitably in many different ways, Silas Kraft and his wife, Dorothy Kraft, were trailblazers and pioneers. And so with our program, Silas Craft Collegians, outside of the academic advising and the mentoring and the mindset coaching and you know our seminar that's once a week, we also are really adamant about instilling in them a sense of community. Mm -hmm. Whenever perhaps there were no resources or no offerings of support in other ways, we came together and connected as a community. So when you talk about the game last night, even, yeah. the pain is the pain, but how do we pull back together? How do we come back together yes. and heal? And so valuing each other and connecting with each other on a, on a personal level is really important. And we saw recently with 
COVID-19 and, and the pandemic, we saw on the flip side, the effects of us not being able to connect Correct. and us not being able to come and how that affects our mind, body and spirit. And we're seeing the results of that. And, you know, unfortunately, we are out of time. This all is all right. the time we have it. This is a beautiful conversation. Oh, yeah. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. But, you know, hopefully we're giving our listeners and our viewers an opportunity to really get ready to go into Black History Month with an open mind and open heart with everything that you might bring around black history, whether it is a lot of knowledge or whether it is a little bit of knowledge, right? Just bring yourself fully and be willing to sit uncomfortably with those who may look or think differently from you. Have these conversations, read some books, go and explore the museums, be part of the celebrations and just continue to connect in community, yes. as we just said, because that's really, look for that humanity. I do want, thank you first for your time, but I also want you to please remind everyone when they can connect with you, where they can find more information about Silas Craft. Sure, sure. And, you know, any parting words that you would like everyone to take with them today? Sure thing. Well, thank you so much for having me on the platform. I really, really appreciate it. In terms of how to connect with me and our program, Silas Craft Collegiate, you definitely, like you said, go to the website, howardcc.edu and type in Silas Craft Collegiate. And right there, there will be information on how we support our students. Angela Phillips is the director and uh, Dion Tillman is the coordinator and I serve as the assistant director. You could go on to um, our social media platform, Instagram, and see what our students are doing and the things they're doing in the community. And we're located in Howard Hall in the Silas Craft Collegiate suite. I'm Office 217, and my email is mnix at howardcc.edu for those trying to connect with me in that way. We're continuing to try to just uplift the legacy of not only Dr. Silas Craft, but the legacy of all the influential African Americans that came before us. Some closing remarks. Once again, let us use history not as a vehicle to tear down or as to, to point blame or to foster more division. We have a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But let us use history as a way to uplift. Let us use history as a way to perhaps explore our own biases and to be able to come together to heal and connect. And that is what Carter G. Woodson stood for, even for our children. You know, there's also children's literature and books available. Go to the local library. This is one of many. Carter reads the newspaper that talks about how at a young age, even though he was denied opportunities to educate himself, he still got into the newspaper and his parents still made sure that he read and that he educated himself. So take advantage of the resources and, and what's around. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here with me today in person, Mark because it's, it's a wonderful treat sure, sure. <laughs> to, to be here in your company today. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you for taking the time to look at history, to really heal and build a better community for all. Thank you all for your viewership, for your listening. You can connect with us at howardcc.edu. You can connect with us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, on Podbean. And remember to just continue to connect and visit us and count us as your ally. Have a wonderful day. And until next time, I am Cris Oviedo.